was in a position to condemn, only Christ. He died for us. Christ rose for us. Christ reigns in power for us. Christ prays for us. Hear and believe the good news. In Jesus Christ, we are all forgiven. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Let us pray. Living God, help us to hear your holy word with open hearts, so that we may truly understand, and understanding that we may believe, and believing that we may follow in all faithfulness and obedience, seeking your honor and glory in all that we do. Through Christ our Lord, amen. Our first reading today comes from Ezekiel chapter 33, verses seven to 11. So you mortal, I have made a sentinel for your house of Israel. Whenever you hear word from my mouth, you shall give them warning from me. If I say to the wicked, O wicked ones, you shall surely die, and you do not speak to warn the wicked to turn from their ways, the wicked shall die in their inequity, but their blood I will require at your hand. But if you warn the wicked to turn from their ways, and they do not turn from their ways, the wicked shall die in their inequity, but you will have saved your life. Now you, mortal, say to the house of Israel, Thus you have said, our transgressions and our sins weigh upon us, and we waste away because of them. Then how can we live? Say to them, as I live, says the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but the wicked turn from their ways and live. Turn back, turn back from your evil ways, for why you shall die, O house of Israel. This is the word of the Lord.
Our second scripture reading this morning is the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 15 through 20. Let us listen to what God is saying to us this morning. Jesus said, if another member of the church sins against you, go and point out the fault when the two of you are alone. If the member listens to you, you have regained that one. But if you are not listened to, take one or two others along with you so that every word may be confirmed by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If the member refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if the offender refuses to listen even to the church, let such a one be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly I tell you, if two of you agree on earth about anything you ask, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. This is the word of God for the people of God. Scripture tells us that Jesus walked throughout Galilee teaching and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. He preached sermons. He told stories. He answered questions. He cured disease and illness. And according to scripture, the mute spoke, the maimed were made whole, the lame walked, and the blind saw. And as would be expected, Jesus' fame spread throughout Galilee and like all famous people, Jesus gathered around him a very close inner circle, the 12 disciples, and the crowd that followed him wherever he went. And they all followed mostly on foot through all kinds of weather, hot and cold, wet and dry, ever dependent on the generosity of the people along the way for their food, their shelter, and in some places they were welcome and sometimes not. They were together day and night, week after week, maybe month after month. And we don't know much about how these people got along together day to day, week after week, month after month, as they tagged along with Jesus. And so I have to wonder, did they get on each other's nerves from time to time? Did their words or their behavior ever rub each other the wrong way? Did they ever hurt each other's feelings? Were they sometimes inconsiderate and selfish, uncompromising and competitive, preoccupied and inattentive? And did any of them have annoying habits? Did they squabble and gossip? Did they make promises and then not follow through? In other words, were they just plain, ordinary human beings like you and me, with likes and dislikes, clashing personalities, conflicting opinions, and all that messy stuff that happens when people get together? Seemingly, the answer to these questions is yes, they did. They were like us. We don't always behave the way we know we ought to. 
The Apostle Paul said, for I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I do. Every now and then, tact, diplomacy, patience and sensitivity are in short supply. Being in community and extending God's grace to one another day after day, week after week, can be hard work. And for some reason or another, we aren't always up to the task. We are imperfect human beings, and like Paul, when we want to do good, we don't. And when we try not to do wrong, we do it anyway. Disagreements and hurt feelings are bound to happen. There is no denying that life in community is sometimes difficult and a little messy. Some days it doesn't take much to trigger our frustration and impatience, anger, unkind words, hurtful actions. When we lash out at others and do hurtful things, the result can be one or more broken relationships. Broken relationships threaten the peace and unity of the community and its mission in the neighborhood and in the world. And in extreme cases, broken relationships threaten the, sur the survival of a church. Jesus addressed the question of what to do when offended by another, when insulted, hurt, upset, slighted, snubbed, or just plain annoyed by the presence of another. In today's scripture, Jesus provides us with a, day, a way to deal with these times. It's a way that extends God's grace and increases the likelihood of reconciliation, and ideally offers the world a glimpse of what the kingdom of God looks like. It's a place of mutually supportive relationships where every person is a valued member of the community and all are provided with a means to flourish within it. No one considers himself or herself superior to another. It's a place where all love and are loved, even the people we don't always agree with. We aren't supposed to su pretend that there we have no disagreements. Sweeping misunderstandings and conflict under the rug as though they don't exist gets us nowhere. What makes the life different in Jesus's community is not whether or not there is conflict among us, but how we go about addressing and resolving our disagreements and the intended outcome, which is reconciliation, healing broken relationships. Jesus said, if someone hurts you, go directly to that person and tell him or her. The offender may not even be aware of the offense. Work it out between the two of you, face to face when the two of you are alone and not with an audience. Today, Jesus would advise against writing a letter, sending email or a text, and resorting to Facebook and Twitter. He said, go directly to the offender with a sincere desire to work it out. Go with humility, not arrogance or anger that could provoke resentment and further alienation. 
Go with a willingness to find common ground and understanding. Accept the offender as God accepts you. Now, overcoming pride and summoning the courage to go to another person who has hurt us to work out our differences can be very difficult. It is equally difficult to admit that there is no such thing as payback in the Christian life. Finding the words can be challenging. We don't want to admit that we've been hurt. We don't like to admit that we can be vulnerable. The truth is we all have quirks and, un and annoying traits. We can be thoughtless and tactless and say hurtful things unintentionally, but relationships are always worth restoring. Jesus said that if we make the effort, we might regain a friend, and we all need friends. Now, Jesus considered the possibility that an offender wouldn't respond to loving words the first time. Then Jesus said, try again. This time, take one or two others along to provide a different perspective, or to mediate if necessary, and to avoid any misunderstanding later. If the offender still won't listen, tell the church. And if that doesn't work, let each one be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Now, Jesus didn't mean to shun the person as unclean or having some contagious disease or to toss the offending party out of the community. Jesus ate with Gentiles and tax collectors, and one of his disciples had been a tax collector before having a change of heart. The intention here is not to punish, but to return a lost sheep to the fold, to care for the one who has caused pain as well as the one who has been hurt. By forgiving and taking the initiative to reconcile with someone who has hurt us, we reflect God's generosity toward us. Revenge and punishment only multiply the wrongdoing. Taking the initiative to repair a broken relationship as a first step to resolving the issues fosters healing rather than allowing feelings to fester and grow with every recollection of the offense. Owning up to mistakes is hard. It's much easier to deny wrongdoing, to come up with all kinds of excuses, excuses for thoughtless and unkind behavior, and to blame another. Jesus would have known some about among his followers couldn't or wouldn't admit to themselves or to anyone else that they might have hurt someone in their midst, or that they might be wrong about someone or something. In that case, Jesus said, continue to care for them, continue to extend God's forgiving love to them, continue to hope and pray that they will recognize the wrong they have done, accept your forgiveness, and take steps to restore the broken relationship. Now, we can't turn on the news today without seeing someone who has been offended by someone or something.
passing judgment on one another, name-calling, refusing to allow others to speak and be heard, refusing to consider that they themselves might just be misinformed, refusing to meet face-to-face to reach a common ground and understanding, and worse, turning to violence against the alleged wrongdoers. We experience broken relationships in our families, our church, our neighborhood, and the world. How sad it is for all of us. Because Jesus made it clear that anger, judging, and name-calling, a stubborn refusal to listen to another's concerns and viewpoints, and an unwillingness to find common ground do not foster the resolution of differences and problems, nor does violence. Jesus said that his followers are not to do as the world does, to judge, shout, humiliate, slander, talk over, or intimidate another. But neither are we to pretend that everything is all right by smiling on the outside and seething and plotting revenge on the inside, or allowing unresolved issues to stew and eventually burn, boil over. Nor are we to avoid the offender as though he or she has some contagious disease or doesn't even exist. We are not to complain to others turning one against another and causing disharmony. Instead, Jesus calls us to reconciliation, to restore broken relationships in order to resolve the issues that divide us. The church is a different kind of organization in that we are gathered together in the name of Jesus Christ. We are united with him and with one another. In the name of Jesus Christ, we are to continue his work of reconciliation in the world. We don't have to think and live exactly alike, but we do need to love and care for one another and accept one another wholeheartedly and unconditionally, along with all of our irritating quirks, differing ideas, and our distinct personalities. We are to treat one another with the same mercy and compassion God has shown us. With humility and the spirit of grace and forgiveness, we are to go directly to the one who has offended us point out the offense in a respectful and loving way. We are to offer forgiveness, and we are to do our part to heal a broken relationship. If the other party isn't willing, we are to continue loving them anyway and praying for them. We have nothing to lose and everything good to gain. Being in community and extending God's grace to one another can be hard work. Loving and caring for someone who has offended us can be hard work. 
forgiving and working out our differences with one another with humility and respect can be hard work. Mending broken relationships can be hard work. But if we are to truly follow Jesus, then this is what we must do in our families, in our church, in our neighborhood, and in the world. Jesus proclaimed the coming of the kingdom of God, and the church is meant to show the world what the kingdom of God looks like. To show, not just talk about. What makes the difference in Jesus's community is not the absence of conflict among his followers, but how we go about addressing and resolving our disagreements and the intended outcome of our efforts. In the name of Jesus Christ, we are to set aside our frustration, hurt feelings, and anger and continue Jesus's work of reconciliation in the world. We are not to only minister to those in need, feeding the hungry, providing opportunities for a better life, but we are to live out Jesus's mission of reconciliation. Where two or more are gathered in his name, Jesus is present and expecting us to do our part to heal broken relationships and the brokenhearted. Let us pray together. Merciful God, we thank you for calling us to live in harmony with one another and pray for your grace as we try to do all you require of us. Give us confidence in the integrity of others to trust that they too wish to live in relationship with us. Give us courage to deepen relationships by keeping them honest and open to both forgive and ask forgiveness. No matter how deep the hurt or how difficult the circumstances, help us to speak the truth, listen with understanding, and love one another as you love us. Amen.
as you leave this place, go in peace to love and serve the Lord, to love and care for one another. And if there are broken relationships in your life, build a bridge this week. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you today and every day.